You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 36 of BNI, The Australian Story. My name's Veronica here in Victoria, Australia, and, uh, of course, our co-host and executive director of Melbourne South, Mr Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, Veronica. Really pumped today. Had a great morning visiting a BNI chapter, which was yours. Uh, we just celebrated 10 years as a BNI chapter. And congratulations, number one in the national traffic lights. So uh, no need to gloat here, but uh, <laughs> great work. And uh, what an awesome meeting, first week of the new leadership team, because uh, we're recording this uh, first week of October. So I think there's a lot of uh, learnings to take out of this whole um, COVID-19 and especially doing things on Zoom has been really interesting. So hats off to any leadership teams who are coming in this week and having to transition on an online forum. Um, the Karen Downs chapter did a fantastic job, I've got to say, and no doubt all the other transitioning leadership teams that are incoming, they're going to get their, their hands wet and do things a little bit differently. And, you know, it's going to be interesting when we go, some well, when Victoria goes back face to face because we are going to be wondering, you know, what, what we're actually meant to be doing. It's, I feel like we've lost touch with the face-to-face a little bit now. Yeah, well, um, yeah, one of the things, are our clothes going to fit? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing when you've been in lockdown, uh, you know, we, we have to check out, uh, get a bit of notice and maybe go out and buy some new gear or something or uh, or book in with uh, the the many PTs who will be up and running again in the gymnasiums. But um, yes, and guests today um, hasn't got that problem because uh, her chapters uh, are starting to go back face to face now too, and and uh, might be timely to introduce our guest today. V, let's do it. Okay, so our guest today is Alison Attard, and I've known Alison for quite some time, and she is the executive director of Sydney Southwest. But she also is a nine-year member besides that and didn't actually start in that region, started in um, Sydney Northwest as a uh, as an actual member nine years ago and bought the uh, bought into uh, BNI in the neighbouring region uh, just three years back with Sydney Southwest. So welcome, Alison. Great to have you on the podcast today. And as we ask all our guests on BNI, the Australian Story podcast, is how did you find out about BNI in the first instance and what made you want to join? Well, thanks, Brent, and thanks, Veronica. Great to be here. Um, so I guess I'm one of the unusual ones in that I Googled networking in my area and um, part of my qualifications is being an accountant, so I'm very structured and process-driven. So it had to be at the right time, be at the right place, all those sorts of things. And so I Googled it, invited myself along, went along, and it just made sense. It was logical. There was accountability. It just, you could see it all happening in the room. And uh, the business you're in wasn't accountancy then, though. It was, it was uh, kitchen manufacturing. Correct. So I was part, a partner in the kitchen manufacturing business that I'd had at that stage for 21 years and I needed to do something different. You know, my kids were getting older and I needed to have interaction with other adults. And 
So that's where the networking came into it. And uh, which chapter was that, Alison, and what did you love about it? Um, B&I Hillsgate. Um, so they're still going, obviously not as good because I'm not in, the, in that chapter anymore, but, you know, <laughs> don't tell them that. Um, what did I love about it? Just the camaraderie and the fact that business was being done, uh, you know, Coming through the 90s in the banking industry, I discovered that networking was more about boozy lunches and nothing got done back then. So I had this connotation of networking wasn't that effective. But when I went along to B&I and I could see that, you know, people were passing business, they had each other's back and there was accountability, it just made so much sense and it was the right fit for my business and myself at that time. Can I just yes, um, just say, uh, Alison, I just think you brought up a really um, fantastic point. And it's a little bit of a passion spot for me about women in B&I. Uh, there's a lot of mumpreneurs out there now who are starting their businesses. They've raised their kids. They've supported the family as much as they could at home. And they're now looking to get out and they are looking for adult company. They're looking for safe networking opportunities. They're looking for ways to be able to spend their money wisely, get their value for money because they're often out of the market and then they're coming back into the market. They don't don't know how to do all the social media. They're not sure how it all works. B and I is a really great fit, isn't it? And we've got a lot of um, we've got a lot of tradies and a lot of businesses that um, are generally, you know, you've got the man at the helm doing all the work on the tools, and he's got his wife as a member in a B and I chapter because they're naturally great networkers, women. And the kids are a little bit older and he's out on the tools doing what he needs to do and she's in the room networking with a whole bunch of people, getting that adult company, as well as a whole bunch of women who are just, you know, getting back into their own businesses as well. So what would you say to someone who's listening who might have uh, might be in a situation like yourself, a woman, kids are a bit older, wanting to get back into some networking? It's definitely worthwhile. And, you know, B&I isn't just about business. It's about building you up and building up the way you deal with your clients as well. So a lot of people don't realise this when they meet me, but I'm naturally an introvert. So I had to teach myself all the networking tools and I was petrified with my first one-to-one. Um, you know, my first one-to-one, her and I are best friends now, which is fantastic. And people sort of see you and they think that you can do everything, but you have that uncertainty within yourself, especially as a woman and a mother and, you know, you've taken a backwards role to look after your kids. And so to come into B&I, it just builds you up so much. You realise, you know, you're not alone. You've got other people who are supporting you and things that you took for granted, um, other people see as great achievements. So it's fantastic. And also like the gains, you know, the gains make us, makes us focus on what we have achieved and what our skills are. One of my skills is driving a truck. You know, if you met me in the street, you wouldn't know I have my truck license, but I've learned to use that as an asset because of B&I. And B&I actually helps me in my business network through my suppliers and things like that as well. So, you know, it helps you in every aspect basically. And as a woman, uh, it definitely helps you find that worth within yourself well you know um bni was designed by an introvert for introverts and uh dr ivan meisner uh you know he he he's a you know people might think because he stands up in front of people and does presentations that he's an extrovert but it's not the case he's a situational extrovert and he's actually an introverted person and uh he designed this around so people like himself um, 
can actually connect with people who are normally, uh, you know, uh, a little bit insular and shy and that sort of thing and uncomfortable around people in that respect can actually get out here and, and work it and actually and actually build their business through something like this in the networking situation. But um, I hear that um, your first role, you've been in BNI for nine years, Alison, and uh, and they actually bought into the business as well. But um, I read that you, it took you 18 months to get your first referral as a kitchen person. You know, well, one, how did that go? And, and secondly... What was the thinking at the 12-month mark when you came up for renewal and you hadn't really got a reasonable referral out of your group? What, what, how did you look at it that way? And, uh, and then tell us about the, uh, the, the referral you got um, another six months later. Yeah, so uh, for me, when I, when I applied to BNI, it wasn't ever just a 12-month commitment. You know, it, you do a uni degree, it takes you three years. So I figured networking was the next stage of my business. So I needed to commit to it like I would a degree or something like that. It wasn't just, oh, I'll do it for a few months and see how it goes. I was committed. And because kitchens are a big ticket item, I knew, you know, it's not going to come straight away. And so I I went into it with the mi- mindset that it was going to take a reasonable time. I also went into it with the mindset of it wasn't just the getting the business, it was me dealing with my clients differently. There was other aspects to BNI that supported my business outside of BNI. So I started networking with my suppliers. So people who would come around and sell drawers to me, I was always nice to them. But through BNI's teachings, I learned to take them out to lunches, to have what BNI members call one-to-ones with my suppliers. And so I started getting work from them because people would go to the Bloom factory and say, you know, we want to use your drawers. Who do you recommend who uses your drawers? And because I had that um, connection, they would refer me. So I may not have got referrals from inside BNI, but it was definitely helping my business and helping my business to grow. Um, My first referral, quality referral, at that 18-month mark, well, considering, you know, an average kitchen costs about 20000 my first referral was $250,000 worth of business. So amazing. Wow. That just, we did the entire house for this client, uh, you know, kitchen, vanities, wall panelling, barbecue area, everything. It was a fantastic job and it was that one that, you know, um, made the previous 18 months worthwhile and meant that I was going to be in there forever. That's what I really call a dream referral. <laughs> exactly. But it was actually a referral source because the client came from an architect. So it was actually um, my tap referral that I could create that relationship with the architect and I would keep getting the business from them. So you went into the group uh, with the thinking, uh, asking for a referral source. Definitely. And you were referred to an architect who was a referral source and yes. then they were giving you uh, and then they were able to actually bring you in when they were designing homes and et cetera for, for clients and refer you for your kitchens. So um, the architect was an introduction through B&I. Exactly. And that's a great lesson for for everyone listening in is 
instead of asking for referrals, asking for referral sources or referral Correct. partners uh, who can actually who can actually bring you uh, lots of different referrals from lots of places where you can build a relationship. I really like the aspect too that you've used one-to-ones within your business to not only connect with BNI members, but to connect with other people within your business, like your suppliers, and get to know them uh, through that respect. Which is, uh, you know, you can. It's it's really powerful to have really strong relationships, and uh, that's just taking your relationship with your suppliers to the next level. And one of the things with um, in your situation too, coming up to that twelve months, a lot of people in the same situation might be looking at the books and going. Yeah, well, we've done this for 12 months. We're up for renewal. Show me the money. And uh, But obviously you've, you've overcome that and said, yes, I can, you know, we've got this benefit, this benefit, this benefit so far. I can see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly, exactly. And I always teach people who are coming up to their renewal to look at every aspect of it. So have they refinanced their mortgage through the mortgage broker and what have they saved in interest because they don't necessarily see that as money coming into them, but it's a savings that they would have outlaid if they hadn't been part of BNI. You know, have they had a, a just a quick chat with one of the solicitors in the room and been given that miracle cure that they needed for some business problem that they had, whereas without BNI they would have had to go to a solicitor and pay for the the advice and everything like that. So I get people to have a look at the entirety of everything, either what they've saved, um, how they've benefited, and then what business they've achieved and what learnings they've had. Because, you know, one of BNI's core values is lifelong learning. And sometimes we don't realise the things we've learned along the way. I can Absolutely. Uh, I really love that, for, um, you know, how you can actually learn so much from being in BNI and getting the best service providers, and, and that actually adds to the experience without without getting thank you for closed business monetary value. Yeah, there's so much additional value that you get from your membership that you don't know until you become a member. And just as you're saying that, Alison, I have to admit, even myself during these incredibly challenging times here in Victoria, obviously we've been going through things very differently to the rest of Australia, that having BNI as a constant in my life um, yeah, apparent, it, it, it does help me in business. It keeps me focused in my business. But just for my mental health, knowing that I can turn up once a week, be in a room of people who really want me to be lifted up, yes, they're going to help me with my business, but they're happy to see me. They're welcoming to see me every week. I get calls from people to see how I'm going. I get to structure one-to-ones during the week, which are really an excuse to connect with people. Um, so I think you know, that the value of BNI goes way beyond what um, we see in our application and it's been definitely obvious during this time because we've seen all the benefits of being part of a community. Yes, yes, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, if you said to all the BNI members, imagine what your life would have been like during this phase without BNI and they just couldn't imagine it. Yeah, truly, and I think you know, a lot of the chapters, and, and Brent will know because he sees the stats all the time, they've done a lot more business than they have even in, under normal circumstances because we're all just reaching out to each other. We're doing more than we ever have, and I think that that's, that's part of the magic of BNI. If you're a member, you can rely on another member. Exactly. 
So, Alison, you say there's a lot more to networking than what you believe, and you've probably given us some of those uh, some of those tips already. What else would you like to add to that? Uh, so, one of my things is, you know, the five millimetre rule. Everyone sticks within what the crowd does at their meeting. So they learn in the member success program to be specific and to ask for exactly who they want to meet. You know, we do the referral money funnel, uh, but we fall into bad habits when we get around everyone else and we revert back to anyone, someone, the person you know. Well, anyone or someone equals no one. It doesn't activate our reticular activation system and so we're not aware of it. And it also means that we get whatever someone wants to give us rather than what we want to receive. So if I asked you guys for a car today, you'd give me whatever car you you had in mind, whereas it wouldn't fit, you know, the black Tesla that I wanted to drive around in. And so that's what we need to do with referrals as well. So I teach people just to make that minor change of five millimetres and they can get so much more. One of the lifelong learnings and presentations that we do in BNI is a workshop about uh, referrals and your referral request. And what I teach people is to be specific. And they say to me, "Oh, you know, we don't want to. We don't want to shorten the uh, reach that we're going to have. We want to cast a wide net so that we're going to get all these people and we're going to get the referrals we want." And so I say to them, "Well, have you got those referrals?" And they kind of arm and are and say, "Yeah, probably." And so I allow them to do that generic kind of referral request that they're so used to doing. And then I make them refine it. Don't get any responses from their generic referral request from the people in the room. So out of 50 members, they don't get that referral passed to them then and there. I make them refine it. I make them choose a company. You know, people are scared to choose the company because they don't know if it's going to be right or wrong. And I say, just throw it up in the air and choose it. I get them to Google who the person is that they would need to meet. So name, title, um, the location of the company, all those sorts of things. And in every occasion, and, you know, I thank the universe for this, every time I teach this in a workshop, and they say the company name, the location, the person's name, someone in that room is able to connect them. It's like this act of God. It just happens. <laughs> and so that's that five millimetres. Then I encourage people to go that extra mile, find out who it is you want, be laser specific so that you do get the person rather than just getting whatever comes in your lap. We've got um, so many brand new members um, that have joined us during COVID. And as we were talking before we came on the podcast, there's a lot of members have never, ever had a face-to-face meeting. So, you know, Zoom has been a nice natural transition to start the referral process, but standing up in every in front of people takes it to another level. So could you do us a favour for those members? Could you give us an example of a not-so-good referral request and then a really specific as terrific referral request? Definitely. And I'm renowned for just, you know, going on the fly. And because I'm not in the region that I used to be a member, sometimes I can go and visit them and just pop in and say hello. And I went along. And so you heard I was from the kitchen business. I'm an accountant and now B&I. And so the funeral guy wasn't going to be able to come in. And so they asked me spare of the moment to substitute for him. And when you study MSP, there's nine aspects to the referral request, you know, your name, company name, category, and then uh, the product that you're talking about today, a little bit of a story, 
who a great referral is and, and you end with your name and your company name. And so keeping those nine sub nine headings in mind, I stood up and I did a referral request for this funeral guy. So a bad referral request is, and I won't use real names, I'll make them up. Um, good morning, Alison Attard, substituting for Fred Blogs from XYZ Funerals. We do funerals and, you know, we can help anyone. So if you know someone who's died or a family member's died, please give them my details. Bring out your dead. <laughs> Fred blogs from XYZ Funerals. <laughs> so then what I actually did for this uh, guy's referral request was quite funny and I I couldn't win the magic mic, but they said I would have if I hadn't been a substitute. So I stood up. Good morning, Alison Attard, substituting for Fred Bloggs from XYZ Funerals. We look after your family members when they've passed on. Now, some of you may know, but a few years ago, my dad died and he was in a nursing home. So I got a call at 10.30 at night that he'd passed away in his sleep. So I rang all my sisters, we madly got down there, said our last goodbyes, and we're sitting by his bedside at 11.30 at night. And the nurses came to me and they said, sorry to do this, but you have to have his body out of here tonight. And I was like, oh, my God, what do you mean I have to? What am I going to do? Oh. And I knew I'd heard Fred stand up every week and tell me that I could call him at any time in his referral request, anything like that. So I rang Fred. He said, no problems. I've got it all sorted. I'll get it all happening for you. Don't worry about it. So I went home and I went to bed and I could rest easy that Fred from XYZ Funerals had it all sorted for me. So a great referral for Fred today is Mary Jo. She's from Anglicare. And I'm sure you know people in nursing homes who need that assistance. So I'd like you to introduce Mary to Fred so that he can be that person who helps her residents' relatives when they have that frantic call. So Alison Attard substituting for Fred Bloggs from XYZ Funerals. Yay! That was unbelievable. How are we going to fit that into 30 seconds, though? <laughs> that was incredible, though. I got it. And I do a lot of work in the funeral industry, and I, I completely got it when you've got your personal experience in there. That gets people's attention. Yeah, pulls on their heartstrings. Helps yeah, and absolutely. Me. And if they don't know anyone from that person from Anglicare, get some thinking along those lines. Yeah. yeah. And they might be able to connect you with someone from a similar organisation. Hang exactly. on, I don't know Mary from Anglicare, but I do know Steve from this other organisation that does the same thing. Would that be a great referral? Well, of course it is. But it gets people thinking along those lines instead of thinking, oh, they've said anyone, anyone, I, they want me to prospect for them which I think yeah. we spoke about a bit last week too, V. Yeah, that's right. And it also shows them that the funeral director isn't an ambulance chaser. The funeral director is there to help the nursing home and the relatives. So it gives them those tools to introduce the person and why they would introduce them rather than thinking, you know, it's a dirty word and, and they're just in to get, you know, the business. 
There was a. I think the uh, five millimeter thing might come from your kitchen background too, <laughs> by the sounds of it. But it's look like it's like doing the extra one percenters or, or doing an extra ten percent to get things right, and it makes it a lot easier to get in touch with those people. Like things like LinkedIn now, yeah. uh, a lot of information about people who they work with. Uh, you know, doing a search in there on on you know who they're connected to, what role they are in companies, etc. So that's a great way to to look for the person you want to meet and instead of bombarding with a uh, with a um, you know with a request just out of the blue on LinkedIn, try and get an introduction through your uh, through your particular uh, network. Well, that's what we teach: is the warm introductions rather than the cold calling. Yeah, that's what you well, get. Yeah, well, this has been great today, Alison. Um, we always ask all our uh, guests on this program, what is your tip for success in BNI for a member? Use all the resources you have. You know, COVID has, has given us the tools to have Zoom training. We've now got the national trainings. You've got all the workshops that are on Connect. Um, use them. Use BNI University, the Business Booster Series, all those sorts of things. It's, it's like buying an advertising page and leaving it blank. Use the resources that you've bought with your membership. Absolutely. I can't agree more. Thank you for being honest uh, on the podcast with us today, Alison. It's been fantastic. Some great insights and some great tips on getting your message across to your group. It's absolutely, absolutely been awesome to share your knowledge with our listeners today. So, uh, B, uh, great guest. Just uh, on an aside from that, BNI University, you may see, is now called BNI Business Builder. So they've actually rebranded BNI University recently too. So look out for that too. Yeah, that was. Have you, uh, Oh, I did see that on my uh, on my phone, business builder. I'm like, what's that? And I clicked it, and then the uni opened. So I'm like, oh god! <laughs> but they're really they're really changing up everything with the new branding and uh, and what they're doing. So I just during that um, interview with Alison, the word value just is popping out at me at every turn. I mean, you, you buy into this membership, which is just so incredibly affordable. Um, and then you get so much more value. And all we're asking people to do is just come into the room and sit in on a meeting, just see what it's all about. Don't make a decision about what BNI is for you until you've been in a room. And certainly, if you've only been to one meeting, don't make that decision because you need to maybe choose a couple of chapters to visit. If you've gone to one meeting and you haven't quite got that connection, try another chapter because the system is the same all over the globe. So the system works. We know that. It's just about finding the right connecting chapter for you. Um, but what I wanted to actually ask you today, Brent, and Alison uh, touched on it at the very beginning, Alison Googled networking. And, you know, we're getting better at actually promoting BNI online and especially the chapters. And I always find it frustrating when a visitor comes into the room that has Googled and hasn't been invited. Because I think if someone, if she hadn't mentioned to someone she was networking, surely someone might have known someone that could have said, come to our BNI chapter. So BNI has created a new um, role now called Webmaster, which I think is about keeping up with the, the online um, inquiries and also people looking out for networking opportunities. So can you tell us a little bit about that Webmaster role and what it means now for chapters? Yeah, the, the Webmaster role, and it, it has been around for a little bit, but not all chapters actually have taken it on up to this point, but it's someone who can manage um, the, the chapter's digital um, presence, their digital footprint as such. So uh, most chapters have Facebook pages, uh, public and group 
uh, whether they uh, have uh, use Insta as well. Uh, not many use Twitter as much, um, LinkedIn, that sort of thing, and and manage any cons, uh, any content that they may have on their websites as well, and just promote that side of things and get people engaged with that. And the more people are engaged with that, uh, the better it is. And another good thing to actually leverage um, the Google side of things for for members is to um, is to go. Uh, we've spoken about this before. Is to go in and uh, make reviews for your fellow members on the uh, on Google as well, and just uh, you know put in a positive note for them, and it just helps everyone involved. So if you use someone's service, just you know go and give them a rating, uh, make some positive things. Because I know when you're looking on online for things and you're googling something. You know, you do have a look at the ratings and you say, okay, has, has this person had any poor ratings or whatever? Um, you know, some can be a little bit corrupted, but uh, you usually pick out the genuine ones. Yeah, and please don't do Google reviews if you haven't used someone's services because b is all about having integrity and making yeah. sure that um, we're doing the right thing by our members. But, you know, if you have used someone's service in the chapter, it's, it's one of the best pieces of advice to give them a Google review. And, you know, we not only are we... Uh, you know, having referrals from within the chapter, the referrals are actually coming in via social media through the chapter. So we're just expanding our reach and our audience every day with BNI, and I, I just love that about that additional value that it keeps bringing. So, what is your tip for success this week? Well, I'm going to hit on one to ones this week. So most people with one to ones talk about their preferred type of customer, prospect, personal history. They might do the gains exchange, but I'm going to give you six questions today, which are really good conversation starters to let you know a bit more about the person you're doing. You might want to write these down. Got the pen so handy. Pen handy? Okay. Question number one. Why not ask what has been your most difficult client and why is number one. What has been your most difficult client and why? Number two is what was your most difficult job or project and how did you solve it? That's number two. Number three is if I meet if I meet a possible prospect, is there a question you'd like me to ask to gauge their degree of need or want? So if I meet a prospect, what questions can I ask to actually gauge their need or want? Um, question number four is what is the minimum degree of need or want you're looking for that would justify a referral? So what is the minimum degree of need or want that you're looking for that justify a referral? Uh, number, are we up to number six? Number six is um, how cool a referral are you willing to work? So we're up to number five, sorry. How cool a referral are you willing to work? Everyone's holding their hands up here. Um, <laughs> so so this, really, this really justifies, okay, because um, some people really like, you know, more of a lead to they would really want to get in there. Uh, so don't discount that because some people actually want, you know, a little bit cooler referrals and they want to work it a bit more. But you only know that by asking the people in, in your group. And the last but not least, number six is what is your sales goal for this year? And by sharing that, we can help each other achieve our goals. So we know how we're all going with that. So there's some really good questions you can ask during a one-to-one, a little bit different to the gains exchange and, and the other standard things. Um, but what it does, it drills down deeper. And it drills down deeper into the relationship so you can understand a lot more about the business, what makes them tick, and how you can actually help them achieve success and referrals. 
Yeah, I think that's a fantastic way to end our podcast, episode 36 today. Find someone in your chapter, maybe someone you haven't had a one-to-one with in a little while, and use those questions just maybe get five millimetres closer to their specific referral request so that we can all help each other. I think we've found the uh, the, the episode title in that right there. <laughs> there you go. Is it what, five millimetres closer? Five millimetres to a great referral, I oh, think. is okay. That's it. You win. You win. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. And please share the podcasts with anybody that you know that you will get value out of them. Please like the page and please leave us feedback. And, by the way, uh, you have a great story. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, I just wanted to add to that. Um, I get asked quite a bit about whether people can subscribe and you can subscribe through Google Podcasts and you can subscribe through Apple and it comes up in your in your feed uh, as soon as it's released. So uh, look up B&I and you'll see our our beautiful red logo in there on uh, on those and you'll be able to, to subscribe, not just wait for for the uh, for the Facebook post because it makes it a lot easier to listen more in the car um, while you're while you're walking your uh, your fur child uh, that sort of thing. And ten point eight k listeners have already downloaded the podcast. So thanks very much, everybody. Thank you, Steve, our producer, for taking care of business today. And once again, thanks to Alison. What a fantastic guest you've been today. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.